Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Well, happy Father's Day. Can we give it up for all the dads, spiritual dads, dads in our life? Come on. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. Uh, My wife and I, Charmaine, we just got back from visiting my parents in Manitoba, hence why I'm wearing the coat. No, actually, it was quite hot there and very dry. It's good to be back in BC. It's good to be home. Um, And, you know, as a child, my my perspective of Father's Day was, you know, uh, maybe a card or... um, um, something I made in art class, like a clay sculpture that was a pencil holder for dad, or, you know, at its peak. Oh, I don't even know if they found the picture, but my dad still has this. In woodshop class, I made him a key holder so he can hang his keys in the shape of a Smurf. Anyone know what Smurfs are? Yeah. You're not missing out if you don't. So I just dated myself, but, um, you know, like, and nowadays, you know, Father's Day isn't really that much different. It's a card from my kids. It's, uh, you, you know, a little book that they might have write, you know, the book of dad, what dad's about. And they usually describe me as, as someone that, that, that likes motorcycles, um, that likes to work out, that likes to go to the beach and loves Jesus. So they got me pegged. That's pretty much me in a nutshell. <laughs> and loves his wife and kids. Come on. Um, you know, and being a father, it, it has its shares of highs and lows. We know that. And we, we like to post the highlight reels, um, but we're really private about the behind the scenes, especially as men. And we should be. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything uh, flows from it. But there are times, I want to be honest with you, where I just want to like s- slow things down a little bit. There are times when I wish I was more present um, there's, there are times when I wish that I had, you know, just invested more with my kids. And there are times when then I wish that I had honored their mother more and treated her like the queen that she is and deserves to be treated. There are times when I even struggled with unbelief. Can anyone relate? Anyone? Okay. I asked the men this morning, you know, is there, there a time when, uh, you know, it says they were arguing. Was there a time when you ever argued with your father or your children or your heavenly father? And Rick said, I ran out of hands. He's like, <laughs> right? Thank you for your honesty, Rick. But yeah, there are times when we don't always agree and things don't go the way that we plan. But thank God, Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. Come on, say all things, would you? All things. Well, this, this message is for everyone, by the way. This isn't just, just for dads today. I, I want to start with, with verse 14 there. If you brought your Bibles, can you just hold them up? Let me know you got them, even if they glow. Um, yeah, put them up. Use those phones for something good. Yeah. Take notes on them. You can, uh, I believe it's already showed up there or it will. There's a little QR code. That, that's what they call it. You can scan that and my notes are available to you. Please take them, take them home, share them with your family, your coworkers, go deeper. These messages are designed to leave you hungry, wanting more, more of God's word, more of community. And, and that's why we have connect groups. That's why we have family. Church is much more than just the hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday. Come on. We're not just here to do church. We're called to be the church, okay? But I believe God's got something uh, for you that you're just going to want more of him by the end of this. That's my prayer. More of him, less of me. 
So verse 14, let's go to that. Verse 14 there. It says, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. Verse 15, as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and they ran to greet him. Good shift. Verse 16, what are you arguing with them about? He asked. Jesus is talking to his disciples. What are you been arguing about? What's got your attention? What miracles are worth fighting for? That's the first point. If you're taking notes, you got to write down what miracle is worth fighting for. Because I'm telling you, when you're needing a miracle, there are times when you're just your flesh, your body, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're ready to throw in the towel. Nothing seems to be working. And that's why you need a miracle. A miracle goes beyond the natural. It's got super touching our natural. It goes beyond science. It is, it is, in definition, something that is divine. It must be God. The scripture says this large crowd around him with the teachers of the law, arguing with the disciples. And last week we learned about a woman who had a blood issue, 12 years. And she had to cut through the crowd to get to Christ. Because at the time, she would be considered unclean. She would have been on the outskirts. People would have walked past her, around her. She wouldn't have been invited in. But she was willing to cut through the crowd to get to Christ. I'm telling you something today. Christ is willing to cut through the crowd to get to you. Because you know what? One thing I know about my Jesus, he does not like bullies, and he doesn't like people getting in the way of your miracle. He'll cut through the crowd to get to you. Just like he did there. And if he is for us, who can be against us? It's amazing how, how things took a turn when Jesus shows up. The crowd immediately shifted from their focus of an argument to the anointed one. We should learn from that. It's easy to get caught in the trap of gossip. It's easy to get caught in the trap of what isn't working. But it's more beneficial to look to the God that's always working. He's always at work. Man, can you just think of that? If the next time you want to, the tension is to get into an argument, if that was like an indicator light, that instead of going to the argument, you should go to the anointed one? Instead of looking at the wind and the waves, that maybe you just keep your eye on Jesus and you'll stop sinking, and you're like, instead of digging a hole deeper and deeper and deeper, get your eyes on him or cry out to him. Work for Peter. It says immediately, it says when Peter's eyes were off Jesus and on the storm, he began to sink when he tried to walk on water. He was walking on water, by the way, when his eyes were on Jesus. That in itself is a miracle. But because God said it, because God called him out of the boat and he spoke it, he was able to do it. But how many times do we take our eyes off of God's word and then we look at all the worries of this world? If we could just get out of the argument, just shift our focus on, on the anointed one, and then imagine then this says they were they anticipated, they knew something was they knew who was coming. They knew a miracle was coming. Yeah, maybe they can't do it. Maybe it's not possible for man, but with God, all things are possible. Someone say there needs to be a shift. There you go, write that down, not my notes. So where do you need to shift your focus? Jesus asked, what are you arguing about? There are certain things worth fighting for. But don't get caught fighting the very one you should be fighting for. 
Our war is not against flesh and blood, the Bible tells us, but against principalities. And, and, and when you're battling somebody else's belief system, things are about to get messy. I'm just saying. Especially if you start to challenge their method. And isn't God constantly challenging our methods? Behold, I do a new thing. Can you not see it? New thing requires different methods. The message is the same, but the methods may be changing. Are you with me today? Okay, good. Praise God. And, and when people get desperate, they start to debate. <laughs> you notice that? I've never won an argument by debating. I've never won anyone to the Lord by debating. I'm just saying. But the words of my testimony, the stories I tell of God's goodness and his grace and what he's done through me and the healing power, well, that's different. Because where focus goes, energy flows. What you focus on is what you give power to. So you give power to the problem or you give power to God's promise. Yes, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. <laughs> but this is the reality of it. People will start to debate. The teachers of the law were arguing with Jesus' disciples about deliverance. The boy needed to be delivered and they're arguing about the disciples' method. That's what they were getting hung up on. They were sitting so hung up on the method that they missed their miracle. And Jesus had, there was something that they were missing, and I'll get to that, yeah. But when people don't receive their miracle, we can become mean. Can we not? And we lose sight and we lose focus of our faith. Because frustration gets the best of us. We're sleep deprived. I've, I don't know how many times I've said to Charmaine, I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at the situation. <laughs> I'm just sorry that it's coming out and you're around me right now. I'm mad at the devil. <laughs> right? We got to remember who are you fighting for? What are you fighting against? But the, the reality of it sometimes is we just, we're tired, we're hungry, we're worn out, we're burnt out. And Jesus said, he says, are you worn out and burnt out on religion? Come and follow me and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. But he did say, walk with me, work with me. Walk with me. He says, see how I do it. See how I do it. That's the key. More things are caught than taught. Get around Jesus. You'll become more like the father. My kids are a lot like me. They pick up the things that are good and the things that are not so good. But you can tell if you know me and you've met or uh, and you've met any of my kids. Oh, you must be Pastor Matt's son. And hopefully it's a good thing. You just are full of joy and serve others. <laughs> I don't know what you see in my kids, but hopefully you see me in them. And hopefully you see the good things. But it's no different. When, when you've seen Jesus, you've seen the father. And others should see Christ in you. In any crisis, they should see Christ in you. Christ-attunity, we call it. <laughs> it's just an opportunity for Christ to move. Verse 23 is Jesus' response. If you can, <laughs> right? The Father says, if you can. Jesus says, if you can. Everything is possible for one who believes. We learned last week, if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. And we talked about some of the mountains that are in our way, but really it's a matter of perspective. A mountain to you is a molehill to God, <laughs> right? See, it's big. <laughs> but we make mountains out of molehills. And Jesus, it doesn't matter what, what mountain or molehill you have in your way, God has given you the ability and by the power of your tongue 
And by the name of Jesus, the name above every other name, it's got to move. Get out the way, mountain. <laughs> Everything is possible, Jesus says to the one who believes. This is the father's response. Immediately, the boy's father explains, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. What's your unbelief? That you need Jesus to help you overcome. The second point is that everything is possible. Everything is possible. Jesus' response is great. If, if, you, if you can, that's, that's like challenge accepted. That's like the, the biblical version of the double, uh, double dog dare. You remember anyone have that growing up? I dare you. I double dog dare you. You're like, that's it. Watch me. Watch me. Mine is like, tell me I can't do something. I don't serve the God of I can't. I serve the God of I can. <laughs> it's like swearing at me in the face. You know. We could tell by the, the text that Jesus was frustrated, right? Can we not? We could tell that he was, he was frustrated with the lack of results because of the resistance of the crowd of religious leaders that we're getting in the way of this boy's healing. How many times do we just got to pause and keep the main thing the main thing? What's it about? What's it about? It's about restoration. It's about healing. The father and the son getting, getting back together. But we get mad, we get mean, we get in the way. We, no, it's got to happen this way. It's got to happen this way. And Jesus says, it's got to happen my way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The only one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. But it's about restoration. The message of the gospel is about restoration and relationship. It's all there. You can see it. The Father getting to be back with the Son. And there's so many relationships right now. I know, I know, trust me, I know. It doesn't always go the way that we planned. Sometimes it's not until, or until the very end. Some of us get an opportunity to restore relationships, but we don't always. And we'll hang on to things instead of letting go and letting God and asking for forgiveness and coming to repentance and restoration. But we hold on to molehills. We hold on to little things. And God wants this. Some of the most beautiful miracle stories are that of relationships with father and son and father and daughter coming back together. And maybe you, you do or, or you don't have your father in your life anymore, but you always have your heavenly father who loves you, cares for you. He's waiting for you. Yes, come to me. Cast your cares, your anxiety on me. Come to me and you will find rest. He loves you. The thing is, we can stand around and we can debate and we can stand around and we can, we can argue the meaning or we can start making moves towards our miracle. This, this part is the part that really gets me as a father. When his response is, I believe, help me. Help me with my unbelief. It's the title of today's message. Help me with my unbelief, Lord. When you're tired, when you're worn out, and when you're watching somebody else suffer, desperation will turn into doubt. And doubt will turn into unbelief. If you let it, 
if you let it, if all you do is look at the natural and you don't lean into what you cannot see, faith is the evidence of things hoped for yet not seen, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Then it'll end in despair. The father admits that he has both the belief and he's got the unbelief. Sometimes we believe, we'll even say, I believe that God can do miracles. I believe that God is doing miracles. But the unbelief is that, is that will God do a miracle through us? Everything is possible to him who believes. And again, Jesus said to his disciples, with man, it may be, this may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And in, you know, in reference to that one, he was, he was talking about money. A rich young, a young ruler who had done everything else, but the one thing that got in the way, the weight, was the finances. Just laying them before God. Just give them to God. Give it all to God. How many relationships have, have been fought over finances? We just got to lay it all down. This is not a message about finances, just so you know. This is a message about freedom. <laughs> It's a message about your source. It's a message about your provider. It's a message about your healer. It's a message about your miracle maker. It's a message of Jesus. And we know that all things are possible through him who gives us strength. In verse 28, it says, After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately. It's a whole other leadership teaching there. Why couldn't we drive it out. And you know, Jesus replies, he says, this kind can only come out by prayer. In some manuscripts, it says prayer and fasting. So you're saying, Lord, that you do have a method. There is a process, even to your promises. Yes, prayer. Prayer. The prayer of a righteous person will prosper. My third point and last point is to make room you need to make room for your miracle. And notice how the, Jesus' disciples did not challenge his methods publicly. They went to him privately. How many times, even with great intentions, we can get in the way and there can be division between uh, mom and dad and, and whether it's discipling your kids or a choice that you made. Now is not the time to disagree. <laughs> now is the time to be one. Later on, we'll talk about it like, hey, did I miss something there? <laughs> how come? How come the kids didn't listen to me, but they listened to you? Because <laughs> I'm mom. Because <laughs> I'm dad. Oh, what you didn't see is how much prayer and time I had on my knees and I was going in the closet and fasting for this thing. This didn't just happen overnight. What you didn't see is God's super when it touched my natural and the Holy Spirit giving me the word of knowledge and discernment and prophecy. Right? We don't always see. Not only was Jesus a miracle in himself, he's, he's the miracle maker. And he was always making room for a miracle because he was always prepared. He wasn't waiting for opportunities to pray. Ladies and gentlemen, he wasn't waiting for an opportunity to pray. He would pray because he knew opportunities were coming. In this world, you will have storms, but take heart for I have overcome the world. Jesus' disciples came to him, Lord, teach us to pray like you. 
It's called the Lord's Prayer. It's a daily thing of lifting him up over our problems, trusting in him, repenting, asking that he forgives us and that we will also forgive those who trespass, not have who trespass against us. God knows what's coming. He knows the storms. None of the storms that came our way that we're surprised about, he's surprised about. But he's got a plan. And the process to the promise requires prayer. It it requires making room. Fasting also makes room. It's giving something up and replacing it with Jesus, letting him come in. It's making room for a miracle. What are you willing to give up? to make room for your miracle. You guys stand with me again. This is good. We are, we are, we are in the series, this series of miracle stories. Miracles are constantly uh, uh, coming in. And the takeaway I have for you guys is that a prayer of a righteous person will prosper. Not maybe prosper, not when it's convenient will it prosper, it must prosper. And there, and there, is an example of this that I want to share with you. A testimony from, from this house of the prayers of righteous people and it prospering, but continuing to pray and trusting in the Lord with all their heart and leaning not on their own understanding. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome up Jeremy and Tasha Harden? And my beautiful wife, Pastor Charmaine. You may be seated. Ah, oh, it's the best part. Um, Jeremy and Tasha, you guys, you were God sent. You were, you know, when we came here, we, we prayed for workers for the harvest. There was just people were coming in. They didn't know Jesus. They didn't know church. They didn't know community in this sense. And uh, it was exciting, but it was all, almost overwhelming having that many uh, new believers and babies in the faith. And, and then and you guys showed up. And we don't believe it's a coincidence, but we know you also have uh, a story um, about children and requiring faith and, and the discipleship it takes. So why don't you share that with us? Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, just basic art. We met in Bible college um, you know, bridal college, whatever. And uh, uh, we got uh, married fairly quickly uh, after that. And uh, our plan was always to start a family right away. We didn't want to wait on that. Um, and uh, we realized that uh, that wasn't happening as quickly as we had hoped. And uh, so there was a lot going on those first couple of years after we were married. We moved to Yellowknife, uh, loved it. And uh, about a year in, we were uh, weren't too concerned about it, but we started to wonder, oh, what, what's going on here? Maybe something's not not happening the way it should. <laughs> and uh, uh, um, so, yeah, it was about a year after we were married. We decided to start kind of looking into what the problem was. Started a series of doctor's appointments and. Yeah, just testing and anything to see what was going on and and really got no answers. But at the same time, we decided to maybe start thinking about adoption. Um, 
that began a process that included classes and interviews and home studies and all of the things that go with that. Um, and eventually we were approved to adopt. Um, while we were going through all of that, we were also approached about the possibility of becoming foster parents. Um, at that point, I was so eager to be at home and being a mom that we said yes right away and decided to do that um, while we were waiting for our baby. Uh, so fostering was a pretty good fit for us. Uh, we enjoyed having the children in our home. Uh, we had lots of little ones here and there um, come through our through our house, but uh, we always yearned for that family of our of our own, and it's different, you know. So um, about two years in, uh, we were, we kept waiting and waiting and waiting. So was, will this be the day we get the call or uh, something in the mail or? And we did, we got a call um, and we were ecstatic. There was a, a new mom that was uh, picked us to be her, her family to give her child away to and, and, and to raise. And, and uh, so we were, we were really excited. Uh, the social worker brought the, the child to us, just a brand new baby, baby girl, which doesn't happen that often. And uh, we had time to, to show her to our family. We even named her and, and we were just, this is it. It was great. But uh, God had different plans for us. Um, and uh, the birth mom, um, she, uh, she changed her mind, decided to keep the, the child, which we were, we were sad about. But uh, we, at the same time, we were happy that she could uh, do that and be able to take care um, uh, we didn't understand why building a family was so, so difficult, you know, at this time. And we were, um, yeah, so we decided to make a change. Yeah, I was so sad. I felt like I wasn't living up to my end of the marriage. I was supposed to be able to have children, right? That's what women are made for. Why wasn't my body doing what it was made to do? Um, I was really beginning to doubt God's plan for our family. At this point, we decided to move out of Yellowknife and, and over to Ontario just to be closer to family. Um, we felt like we needed a change of place in that season. Um, and we just wanted to be with people that would love us and encourage us. We continued to be foster parents there. And in that time, we welcomed the most precious little girl. Um, her name was Destiny. And she had a lot of needs, but she fit right in. And we fell in love with her immediately. And it looked like her long-term plan was going to be adoption at that point. We fully believed she would be with us forever. So in this time uh, in Ontario, we had, um, it was a, a season of loss for us. Uh, we had a bunch of grandparents pass away and Tasha's dad passed away. And so um, combined with that, uh, we come to realize that uh, they were going to move Destiny back home to her her mom, and that just that devastated us. We, you know, we had really come to to love her, and and um, the process of of thinking that oh well, this would be something that we could do uh, didn't work out again, and we were just scratching our heads and wondering, and and uh, yeah, we we. Uh, for, we decided um, that we're done. We can't do this anymore. And so we gave up fostering and we moved away. We moved out of country, overseas. 
we realized that um, at the time we were just running away, running away from our pain. And uh, pain finds you wherever you're at. So it doesn't, you can't, <laughs> sometimes you just can't escape it. And uh, we thought God was calling us. We went in on a missions uh, tour um, for about a year and, and uh, thought, oh, this is what God has for us. But at the time, it was the wrong decision to do. And uh, that, that uh, we realized afterwards that that was not right for us. Yeah, we attempted to run away from all of our problems. But in doing so, it really just created new ones. Um, Jeremy and I almost separated for a time, and we just weren't sure we could make this work anymore. Uh, By the time we reconciled, we decided we were never having children. (laughs) We weren't going to try anything anymore. Um, I avoided every baby shower, small kid birthday party, Mother's Day, and anything to do with babies. I related so much to the story in Hannah of Hannah in 1 Samuel where it talks about how she cried in such despair that people thought she was drunk. We spent the next several years just doing life. We decided to be really great auntie and uncles to our many nieces and nephews. And then came along one really special little boy that began to really um, work in our hearts. We know that was Jesus' plan. But my sister had her third little person about 10 years ago. And right from the start, we had an extra special connection with him. We had him for overnight visits. And and right from the beginning, we were able to be a really special part of his life and his beginning years. And as we poured ourselves into loving him, pieces of our hearts began to heal. It was a few years after he was born that we started to talk about the possibility of adoption again. And uh, this uh, was a hard decision for us because we were terrified. We didn't want to to go down this road again. And, uh, you know, I think instinctually we we have... um, there's a self-protection that we can kind of put up walls and, and just run away and, and, and such. And so we really had to believe that, uh, that God was doing something here. And uh, sometimes it's really hard to believe. <laughs> um, but uh, that, that dream of still wanting to have a family of our own began to birthed in us again, that wrong wording, but whatever. And, and uh, we started to, to uh, get excited about the possibility of, of another adoption. So we applied for a domestic adoption here in Chilliwack and went through the whole process again and uh, was approved again with the uh, hopeful that we would get somebody, some little person so Um, as we were moving through the various stages of the adoption process we really poured ourselves into the local church we were serving in at the time Um, we served in a variety of capacities and really just grew in our relationship with the Lord as well and then in the spring of 2018 um, I attended a weekend conference here in Chilliwack that had a lot of various guest speakers Um, Jeremy wasn't there, but I remember there were many prophetic moments happening in that weekend, and I just remember yearning for the Lord to speak to me, too. Um, It was then on the last night during one of the worship songs, a strong heat washed over me, um, and I just began to tremble and cry, and I heard in my heart, you are barren no longer. 
Uh, it was at that moment I knew the Lord had answered our prayers for a child. After 18 years of longing, praying, giving up, and starting over, we found our match with this amazing, sweet little girl named Harmony. And it was just a couple weeks after that God encounter. Um, we're going to put up, this is the first picture we got to see of her. <laughs> It was just a few more weeks after that that we would finally get to meet her, but she was being prepared for us as we were for her. And on that day, we finally met just one day before her second birthday. Um, she met us at the door and proclaimed to Jeremy, you're my daddy. <laughs> You've got the picture. That's the day we met her. Um, while we were transitioning Harmony into our home, we were also made aware of the fact that the birth mother was also expecting. We weren't told anything beyond that. But social services had asked if the time came, if we'd be willing to take in that baby as well. Um, and then that's when we kind of knew what was going on. <laughs> that was the day we finally got to introduce her to some family. Um, as it turns out, that's exactly what came to be. And while Harmony moved in in August of 2018, her little brother was born and came home in November of that same year. Um, yeah, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> We were overwhelmed, to say the least, to have uh, a new family um, for a period of time of not having anything to all of a sudden having two little ones in the, in the house. Um, but this is the goodness of God uh, in our lives. This is the fulfillment of a lot of heartache um, and prayer and being mad and being sad and a lot of emotion. and. Uh, a lot of gratitude. And uh, Isaiah 61.7 says, Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in the land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. There are so many more ways Lord has shown his miracles to us. At each step of our journey to being a family is truly uh, when we look at our children, we know that the prayers of our deepest heart have been answered. Yeah. This family is our miracle. <laughs> Wow, thank you guys so much for, for sharing that. One more time, you guys, can you give it up for Jeremy and Tasha? You know, it, it, it takes a lot to share. Again, not just the, 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 high, the highlight reels, but the behind the scenes. But I find that so encouraging because sometimes they're there probably is. I know there's somebody out there right now. Maybe you've given up. You said, hey, we're not going to do this. We're not going to have have kids. This this just isn't working. And then God's like, oh, just wait. I'm still working. I still have a plan for you. All things work together for good. For my ways are not your ways. They're higher. My thoughts are not your thoughts. They're higher, declares the Lord. You know, and that, and that his plans are to prosper us, not to harm us, give us a hope and a future. That's hope. That's future. And those, those kids, by the way, are active in our kids program, in our kids ministry. They're a part of this house. They're a part of this family. 
Like some of you may not have met them yet, but you know, there's uncles and aunts, adopted uncles and aunts and grandparents in, in this house. And spiritually, like we know that, we need that. Our life has had its share of journeys and ups and downs too. And the Lord has blessed us with many kids, but it goes beyond our five kids. It's part of this family. And we get, you guys all get to be a part of that miracle story. Every time you pray for other families like that, you're part of that story. You're part of the process of God's promise through prayer. <sighs> so good. Okay. Would you guys stand with us one more time? In all of this, everything points to Christ. Restoration came because of the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus came, he, he, he took all of this, all these stories you hear, all the struggles you hear, all the, all, all the sin, all the weight of the world, he took it to the cross so there could be just that restoration. There could be healing and relationship. And you know, he said, it, it's finished. And, and three days later, he rose from the grave, revealed himself to so many people, stuck around for 40 days. They wrote it, it's throughout history. And he wants to meet you right now right where you're at, whatever it looks like, even if it's in, a, it's in a mess, that's his specialty of turning messes into miracles. Even if it's in a test, a season of testing, that's his specialty of taking tests and turning them into testimonies. Even if it's pain, he'll take what the enemy meant for evil, he'll turn it to good, and he'll turn that pain into purpose. And so I just want to pray with you, and, and most importantly, I want to give you an opportunity to just invite Jesus in. He'll get to you. It says he stands at the door and he knocks. Will you just let him in? Paul said in Romans 10 verse 9, if we believe in our hearts, confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believing that God the Father raised his son from the grave, that we will be saved. Just invite him in. Invite the miracle maker inside to move in you, to give you the grace that you need, the ability to forgive, the ability to love. Pastor Charmaine reminded us as we huddled this morning to pray that, that, that God is love. He is love. And, and, and there is no fear in love. And perfect love, God is perfect in his love. He drives out all fear. So let that faith come in today. Let's pray this prayer together. Just ask if you prayed this prayer before, we do so again. If you never prayed this prayer, would you do so with your whole heart? If you're coming back to him, just let him meet you right now. And just say this, say, dear Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive you. I'm ready to restore relationships. I believe. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose from the grave. Come in. Come into my heart. Be Lord over my life. Help me with my unbelief. I choose now. I choose now to follow you all the days of my life. I look forward. I look forward to you and to what you have for me. Thank you that my past is past. And today is a new day. In Jesus' name. Just stay in the moment if you would. Eyes closed, heads bowed in the moment couple questions while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. The first is this. If the message spoke to you today and God's word spoke to you and gave you something that you needed, 
It spoke to you in relevance, not just to maybe what you've been through or are going through. But if the Lord spoke to you today, would you just put your thumb up and say, that's me. Yes, the Lord spoke to me through his word. Relevant. Thank you. Hands up all around the room. That's for you. That's evidence that God is speaking to you right now. And just like we said that he had a word for you. And the second is this. If you prayed that prayer, that we just prayed and you invited God into your life to be Lord and Savior over your life. Would you give me a thumbs up and put your thumbs up and say, that's me, yes, yes, right on. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. He sees you. He loves you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. His favor surrounds you like a shield. He goes before you and he makes a way for you. Welcome to the family. Can we give it up for the Lord? Come on. Welcome to the family. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to continue to press in because God has been in the business of doing miracles as we worship. You know, they're just lifting his name up higher than any other name. We've seen healings physically happen. We've seen sore backs and uh, uh, chronic pain that is gone, depression that is gone, anxiety that is gone. We've seen physical healings of a broken hand that was healed, a baby's hand that, that was formed inside a mother's womb when they were told it wouldn't have a hand. Isn't she beautiful, by the way? Oh my goodness, what a beauty. You know, just story after story about, yes, sweetheart, I love that you're here. Just so you know, I love the hearing sounds of children in the house of the Lord. Do you not? Can you not give God praise for that? That is a sign of a healthy church. Yes! Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for bringing your kids. We just love it. Absolutely love it. Wow, I I totally lost my train of thought. God is going to do a miracle. (laughs) Um, One of the miracles that might take place is when you step in here. We we also do baptism. We make it available every service, every time we gather and we come together because we're, we're called to. Jesus said that we are called to make disciples. And part of that, he said, is to go into all the world baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching and teaching them to obey his commands, and surely he is with us always. In baptism, the word means to be fully immersed. That's what it means, baptism, fully immersed. All in. And in Romans, it says when we go in the water, that we are baptized with Christ. When you go under the water, it represents when he went to the grave. He goes with you. You leave that old you in the water. When you come up out of the water, it represents Christ's resurrection. It says you're resurrected with Christ. It's a powerful, powerful public display, but it's also a step in obedience saying, Lord, I'm, I'm with you and I, and I want everybody to know I'm all in. I'm all in. And so if that's you and you, and you feel that you need to take that next step today, we, we don't want to get in the way, we want to get out of the way. <laughs> but we would be honored to step in with you. So as we worship, as we sing, as you receive the miracle and watch, some of you are going to receive, you're going to feel heat flow through you. If you came with somebody today and you know they need a healing, they're they're a loved one or whatever, just lay hands on them as we worship. Just pray as we worship and watch God move because it says we will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. (laughs) Praise the Lord, his word. So let's see a miracle story. Come on, let's praise God. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.